Hello, welcome to the Monday, August 28th, 2017 edition of the Sands and its Storm Center's Stormcast. My name is Johannes Ulrich, and today I'm recording from Jacksonville, Florida. We recently received some malware samples that were compressed using 7-zip instead of the more common regular zip or RAR. Now, Didier has a walkthrough about how to do some preliminary static analysis of these samples. In this particular case, the zip file contains a visual basic script that will then download additional malware. Today shows how to extract and deobfuscate the URLs the actual malware is then downloaded from. So if you run into one piece of malware like this, uh, follow his guide and you pretty much have most of your indicators of compromise here to find and block additional infections. And researchers at the University of California, Berkeley, and from Princeton University took a closer look at the internet censorship in different countries. Now, internet censorship takes many forms. In recent years, we have seen countries disconnecting themselves from the internet in order to prevent protesters, for example, from coordinating via social media sites. And of course, there is the well-known big Chinese firewall that is blocking connections to a number of sites. Now, the Chinese firewall, at least in part, is implemented using DNS. And these researchers looked in particularly uh, at DNS manipulation. So it looked less at like outright blocking, for example, of VPNs, but just whether or not DNS responses in various countries were tampered with. They did this globally, not just uh, in particular countries, and they essentially first did a scan for recursive resolvers in these countries, and then used them in order to resolve various host names. The research shows that Iran, followed closely by China, use DNS manipulation the most. Now, these two countries are not alone. Overall, they found that online gambling and porn sites were the number one targets, not so much Tor and uh, sites like this. In some cases, uh, this may be also the effect of individual ISPs taking measures to block controversial content. Now, when conducting research like this, one has to be careful to interpret the results. Just the fact that a different IP address is returned isn't really sufficient to prove that there is malicious DNS manipulation. Often large sites use content delivery networks that return different IP addresses for different origins in different countries. So the IP address may very legitimately be different for a different country. To avoid issues like this, what they actually did is that they looked at TLS certificates and other ways to identify what actual site they connected to. Now, overall, I'm not so sure what to make of the approach to just scan for open resolvers. Uh, these are not necessarily always resolvers that are used by large user groups. I think it would probably be better to have uh, some sensors that are positioned in different countries with large popular ISPs and uh, then just uh, do the DNS resolution using these particular ISPs. DNS servers when you're connecting from 
outside the country to one of these DNS servers and well first of all if you even get a response it may actually be a different response than an ISP like this may serve up to its internal users. Sophos late last week released an update for its UTM appliance but had to withdraw it immediately due to a missing Samba configuration file. The update was supposed to fix a number of bugs including three vulnerabilities, a privilege escalation vulnerability due to insecure directory permissions, a stored cross-site scripting vulnerability, and a vulnerability in the Heimdall Kerberos implementation that is included by Sophos. I believe they actually had a patch for this Kerberos problem before, so not sure if this was an additional patch for this issue or a new vulnerability. And there has recently been sort of an increase again in cryptocurrency malware. Now, that I think goes with the increase in the price for various crypto coins. So probably the bad guys are rediscovering some of these tools. The latest report comes from Netscope, who published the analysis of a recent sample. In this case, the C-Miner malware is installed uh, to mine Monero, a cryptocurrency that considers itself open source and emphasizes privacy, which means it's much more difficult to track transactions than it is with the sort of public and easy to read blockchain that you have in Bitcoin. So in that respect, Monero is attracting a little bit more these criminal endeavors. In addition to Netscope, FireEye also has seen a week or so ago a crypto miner spreading via Thrive by Exploits. In the FireEye case, Malvertising and the Neptune exploit kit. Haven't seen that in a while. Uh, was used to install the malware. FireEye found that uh, various vulnerabilities targeting Internet Explorer and Flash were used. The most recent vulnerability was from early 2016. So nothing overly exciting here. We certainly have seen plenty of these cryptocurrency miners, but they seem to me be making a little bit of a comeback here. Well, uh, that's it for today. So thanks again for listening. And well, I just got back from Virginia Beach uh, teaching intrusion detection. If you're interested in any classes, uh, check the show note page. Uh, there are links uh, to various classes I teach at the bottom of the page. Thanks and talk to you again tomorrow. Bye.